It's 1.30, um, July 31st, Saturday, July 31st, 2021. Um, I just had a vision about, just woke up from it like maybe 10 minutes ago, 8 minutes ago, I want to say, probably like 1.20. Excuse me if I sound sleepy or I'm yawning, but I believe the Lord gave me this vision for clarification on something. And originally, my mind got cluttered, mixed around. I felt like this vision was actually about um, Penina and Hannah and Eli. But actually, it was about... um, It actually was about... um, I mean, not... Not Hina, Panina, and Panina and Eli, because it's about Eli. But I originally thought it was about Hannah, Panina, and Elkanah. So I got mixed up with what it was about, and I feel like um the vision was actually about. Well, not I feel like I know that it was about. Eli, Hoffnine, and Phineas. So, I originally thought that I was saying Phineas wrong or reading that wrong. Because I I was watching a sermon and the pastor was saying Panias. And I thought that he was referring to Phineas, but he really was talking about Panina. And actually, Panina. I don't know if maybe that's pronounced Panias. I don't know, but um, I don't know how to pronounce a lot of these Bible names. I asked the Lord to help me um get the right pronunciation of them because if I don't have not a lot of knowledge, excuse me, if I don't have a lot of knowledge, um about how names were pronounced back in those days or in Hebrew in general, then I'd probably be pronouncing a lot of them wrong. I noticed that just like a lot of Hebrew words are probably pronounced wrong, but I try my best. So the funny thing about it, I don't want to get too off topic, but the funny thing about it is I'm actually really good with like, reading different languages and different names if i've pro- the per- the first time i usually pronounce them i um i'm pretty good at it but i would think i used to think that it was because my name was so hard to pronounce that i would i would like i would think to myself i can't get offended if someone is has a hard time pronouncing my name if i was to read some foreign name i would probably have a hard time pronouncing it too so i started practicing that and just started like trying to take pride in that because I felt like how can I be upset and I wasn't I wasn't that upset I never really was really upset but I just noticed it happened a lot so I decided to be the difference I wanted to see but um regardless of anything this is the vision so in the vision I just all I know is like I had two beautiful horses it was half nine half nine was a white short haired pony he was so gorgeous and so healthy and just I loved him so much. He was gorgeous. I loved him. He was just so I, I don't know, like that was my horse. 
I love my horse so much. So he was so loving. His character was responsible. He was the responsible one. And um Hafna, he just he has such a great character. He was so smart. Such a smart pony. He was just so smart, so responsible and just you know, I could depend on him. I could depend on him for things. When it came to like Um, he he took a load off my back. He definitely took a load off my back when it came to different things where I was worried about. I was always worrying about something. Not always worried about something, but a lot of times I was stressed out about how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. And half nine will be on it already. He took a load off my back. So then there was Panias. Panias was a big old stallion. Uh, um, brown. A big, he was like, he was like a brown, like a brown type sand color but like more more towards like a darker brown um in between that and he was a big old stallion he was so healthy and so gorgeous and i worried about um not panias phineas i'm saying it wrong then it was phineas he was a brown stallion and i was i worried about phineas but i love phineas so much and you know phineas he was, even though he was a big old stallion, Huff Knight would have to look out for him, the little pony. And um, Phineas was gorgeous. I love Phineas so much. And, you know, I worried about him, though. And it seemed like because I felt like he would get into a lot. And so... I don't know. I don't want to misspeak, but I do feel like I just was so worried about Phineas. Like, all the time. And it was pulling on my heartstrings. So, Half Nye. I see Half Nye. And Half Nye is... All I know is first Half Nye is running around, taking a load off my back. You know, doing stuff and, you know, helping me out. He really was helpful. He truly was. And then... When I walk up to Half Nine, all I know is I find Half Nine laying almost dead. I think no, laying dead. I'm sure Half Nine is dead. When I walk up to Half Nine, I see Half Nine dead, and I say, "Before that, I want to get everything that I remember out of division." So everything I remember out of division is first of all Half Nine. Every time I saw Half Nine, I thought Half Nine, you're so beautiful, but you're just so small in stature, and it's, just, it's unfair, but. You make up for it in beauty. You're really gorgeous and super, super smart. Can depend on you for anything. It's surprising how smart you are. So somebody better not underestimate you. Nobody better not underestimate you. Because you re- you're very smart. And responsible. And um, Phineas, he's a big old stallion. But you more in control. And you got more control of this life thing. And I really love both y'all. So I see Half Nine. And Hafni is um, laying dead. Looks like he looks he looks dead. So I run up to Hafni like Hafni, and like I'm just crying so hard. My whole I don't know how to feel. I'm so sad. Like I'm just oh my goodness. You don't understand. My whole body wants to shut down. I'm just I don't know what to do. My whole body just feel like weak. I feel so weak. And then Hafni jumps up. And I'm like, 
tough night. I'm so relieved. Like, I'm just crying. I'm just, oh my goodness, I don't know how to feel. Then that's when after half night jumps up, half night is like something's up. Like he didn't he can't talk, he's a horse, but he gives me that little, you know, that little shake like something's wrong and he's about to lead me to something. Half is very intelligent. It's amazing how this much intelligence can be seen in a horse. Because it's almost like he's talking to me, but he's not talking. And then I thought to myself, like, are horses usually this intelligent? And it's like, no, Hafnai is, though. But horses can be intelligent, but Hafnai, he's special. So that's when Hafnai um, leads me to Panias. And Panias is laying with his head twisted all the way around. And Panias, I mean, I keep saying Panias, Phineas. Phineas looks dead. Phineas is laying with his head all the way twisted around. He looks dead. And so I run up to I run up to Phineas. I say, Phineas. And I actually was saying Phineas in the vision. When I woke up, I kept referring to the sermon and I kept thinking it was actually Panias. So I run up to Phineas and Phineas looks dead, and I'm I'm just bawling, crying, like, no, Phineas, because Half Night led me to Phineas, and Phineas was in the cut, like, he was down in, like, a basement, but I'm just assuming this is a stall, but I, it had to be, like, familiar to me, because I've never, you know, actually been to a horse um, stall, or what, what you call it, whatever you call it, I forget the name, the proper term, but i never actually been to one, so... It had to be familiar to me, so really it was a basement. So Phineas is in a in a basement with his head twisted around all the way around behind a, a big old table, and oh a stable that's called horses stable. So but it wasn't a stable. Um, it was a basement, but um, I'm assuming it would have been a stable. So when I when half night leads me to Phineas, half night so you know worried so so worried and he's so afraid and he knows exactly what to do he comes to get me when he comes to get me i run to get fit i run to where half is leading me and i could tell by half you know behavior that's why i say he's so intelligent i could tell by half behavior that something is really really wrong and and i just and he actually just jumped up and so it's like something is worse than the fact that i just almost thought you was dead so I'm like, I'm just so scared and worried. So I run to Phineas. Phineas' head is twisted all the way around. I'm like, no, Phineas, like Phineas. And I'm just crying, like, not nah, Phineas. And then this one, um, I'm like, you know, I'm just worried for Phineas. I'm thinking, how do you feel? Like, how did your neck feel? It's always twisted around. Like, I'm just thinking Phineas is gone. Phineas is dead. And I don't know what to do. I don't know. That, I don't know if I should touch him, but I just want to hold him. And I'm just so sad. And then that's when Phineas jumps right up. Nick straightens up, and he's okay. And I'm just like Phineas. And I I just give Phineas a hug. All I know is we tripping over each other, trying to hug each other. And Phineas is licking all over my face. But I usually I'm usually not the type to let, let an animal lick my face at all. But in this vision, I did not care. I was just so happy. I was crying. He licked all the tears off my face. 
I was crying. I was so I was just so relieved that Phineas was okay. And then after everything, I was just like, that was so scary. That was so scary. I don't know how to feel. And but it's like I'm I'm so relieved. But I just you know that was the scariest thing ever. I love them both so, 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 so much. And so, that's when um, I remember someone said, is, is Hafnai okay? And I said, yes, I believe Hafnai is okay. They said, okay, well, is Phineas okay? And I said, um, Phineas is right in front of me. So, I'm like, yes, like... <laughs> He's okay. He's okay. And I'm still just petting Finney's, making sure Finney's okay. And then um, I was like, but make sure Half Nine's okay. Have you seen Half Nine? Have you seen Half Nine? I was like, yeah, actually, I just came out of there. Half Nine's fine, for sure. I can confirm that. And at this point, I was wondering, like, would I even take somebody else's word for it? Should I go check again? But I'm, I, just, I just had the most scariest, you know, um, I had the scariest just experience just that was a scare of my life so you know i'll take somebody else's word for it i really will but only at you know somebody i trust i know he's okay i know he's okay about who told me but you know i just know he's okay like i know he's okay now but i just remember thinking in the vision like should i check should i make sure but um it's like nah he's okay he's good so then that's when um right after that there was like so um Where's Half Nye? And I was like, Half Nye is uh, walking um, Phineas for me. And I just remember thinking, like, Half Nye is a short pony. He's walking a big old stallion. Look how intelligent. He can actually walk Phineas, you know? Just like he's the actual, you know, he's the farmer. Like, he's the care of them. But, um... I pick up the Bible thinking that it's about actually Penina and Hannah. And I find out that it's actually about Hophni and Phineas, And that's actually Eli's sons, the priests, the priests at the time um, that Samuel was chosen in or, or came up in. It's the wicked sons in the Bible. So I asked you know god or i just wondered and i feel like that's asking god because he's on my heart in my heart um what is what does that mean like what is that vision about so when i was reading the bible I had a whole different idea about what I thought that vision was about after I thought who it was, who I thought I knew who it was, and I got it mixed up, but I had to throw all that out. doesn't even matter because now I find that this is about his his sons or yeah, Eli's wicked sons, and now I say to myself, what was that about? What, what does that really mean? And I guess when I was reading the Bible, Excuse me. I was wondering, like, I was reading about King David. I was reading about how 
you know, King David, when he lost Absalom, he was like, Absalom, my son, my son. And I was just like, how must I feel? Even after Absalom did what he did, he um, turned the whole, the whole Israel against David, King David. He tried to take his, his place. He killed Amnon, or Ammon. I think it's Amnon. Yeah, he killed Amnon. And he um, took his concubines as his own. To the point where King David didn't even want them no more when he got back. He provided for them, but he didn't even want to touch them. I, I don't know why I said to the point. Because he just took them. Like, after that, he just, he just didn't want them. So, um... I'm like, but King David, he still didn't want his son to be killed in battle. He still didn't want Absalom to be t- Absalom to be touched. And so I, I asked, I said, how must that feel? Because isn't don't you feel conflicted? Do you feel conflicted at all? I mean, I understand that's your child, that's your family. So you don't want anything to happen to them no matter what it is they do to you. That's just life. But also, I just question what was what would be the how does that work in that situation? Because even though I don't want to make him, I don't want to dehumanize him because he's a king. But also, you know, I I understand it. Of course, it could be different. Also, I never had children, so I don't want to assume I know what that's like. So that's when you know. I just wonder, like, for him to, he was crying, like, Absalom, my son, my son. That just makes sense. But I understood that even though I understood that he was still crying and didn't want anything to happen to Absalom, I didn't understand completely how he must have felt. And so that's when, you know, King David, I mean, that's when I had this vision. And I feel like that vision, this vision was the answer more than answer that was a question to more than just one question because i also questioned how eli must have felt to have fell him fell back and died too just at the thought of the loss of hophni and phineas in battle so now i know <laughs> now i know exactly how it feels and the fact that um the lord gave me a vision where they're both gone but they both come back. First Hophni, then Phineas, and Hophni leads me to Phineas, cause he cares, you know, just as much as I do, and knows how much I'll care. And it's like, I wonder what the Lord is trying to tell me. Maybe He's trying to tell me that you don't want to feel what that feels like in reality, and to have lost them forever. So I won't even let you. I won't even make you have to. Maybe he's like, you know, I'm going to spare your feelings to have really felt like you lost them forever. Or maybe the Lord is showing me what it's like to, you know, lose someone. And then you know, maybe the Lord is showing me what it's like when people die and go to heaven. Because I also was questioning that too. Like, what is it like when you die and go to heaven? Do you immediately wake back up? Um, do you still feel how you felt when you were on earth? Do you still feel the pain of your death? Like, what? how does that work? And I think that might be a question, an answer to that. Like, you immediately wake back up and you feel relieved. Like, oh my goodness, I thought I lost you forever. And it's like, y'all actually in heaven. But it still does. It still feels like you're just going on with your life. Like, it feels like you continue from that point on. 
even though you just had a scare of your life actually really did happen you really did die but you wake right back up in heaven and you just go on with your life as if like that happened you remember everything that happened but like it feels like you could have lost them and didn't but in reality you're dead and you're in heaven now that's what it feels like so maybe that's what the lord wanted me to see because i haven't questioned that lately like what is that like not that i want to just die and go to heaven right now i mean i'm not opposed to it like definitely want to go to heaven not hell but um i just wonder what that's like like how does it feel when you wake up in heaven do you feel like ah uh, you know so glad to be here i'll never miss my old life or do you think oh, i think i miss my old life or do you actually end up in the same life you wake up like in the same life and you just continue on like still in that life as if you know it happened but nothing's completely different so now i think that's the answer to my question i think god answered my question when you go to heaven you'll just be continuing the life you're living and actually when i was reading the bible i remember jesus his words i believe matthew uh i don't want to misquote so let me go and try and find it. It's just I'm trying to um but with God everything is possible. Matthew nineteen, chapter nineteen, verse twenty six. That wasn't it. I'm sorry, I just get caught up in these verses. But um I'm I'm supposed to be trying to remember these um chapters and verses but my mind gets bunched around a lot so I don't know if I'll find it in time, but I do know that Jesus said it, and Jesus said that whatever happens here on earth is what will happen in heaven. I think that that's what that meant. So, also, I asked the question while reading. So, it's, this is a bunch answer to a bunch of questions. That's how the Lord works. He'll answer a bunch a bunch of your questions with one parable. So, yes, it was definitely a parable, and I was like, this parable, this was like, this is a Jesus parable. Does everybody give Jesus parables, or is it just Jesus? And obviously, usually, it's, I don't even ask that question. Like, obviously, it's Jesus, but lately, I have been asking the question that. Am I getting information from other people in the Bible? Only reason I ask that is because I would be reciting different names from the Bible when I prayed. And I just didn't know why. 
And I don't want to feed into the enemy's lies where he can lie to me and get me to believe that I'm actually talking to someone else in heaven when there's no contact with anyone else in heaven but the Lord Jesus. But I was wondering if maybe he had made it possible only because I recite these names randomly. It's so many different names in the Bible. Every single time I read them, I wonder why. Why? Um, it seemed like I needed to know them. I need to know them. And, um... Then I would start reciting them while I was praying, and I just thought, I wonder why. And so, I guess the devil lied to me, made me feel like, oh, it's because they're actually helping you. And I'm like, nobody can help me but the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that. I can't, I don't have contact with these people. They are at peace in heaven. Um, But I guess, you know, I feel like I was being lied to, but... Now I know the truth about that. And also, I was wondering about that that verse that um said that whatever happens in heaven, I mean, whatever happens here is what happens in heaven. I was wondering about that. And, excuse me, I pretty much asked the Lord, I said, what does that mean? Does that mean, because, oh, whatever you allow here is what you will, oh, what, what will be allowed in heaven? That's the verse. And I wondered about the Lord, and I said, um, I said, Lord Jesus, what does that mean? Does that mean that if I allow someone, because in, I'm in a situation where um, I feel like I'm allowing these things to happen to me. I feel like I'm allowing people to mistreat me in this way um because the lord sent me here on an assignment and usually i would be done with whoever it is or i would be i would have done things a lot differently by now i would have just you know most likely just gotten away from whoever it is i would have separated myself i would have definitely shown that i'm not i'm not about to stand for being treated in this manner but lately, I've been feeling like maybe the Lord is setting me down for a reason. Because I've already tried to leave and I've actually gotten into a car accident. So, it's like, and this car accident was no accident, actually. But, um, I got into a car crash and it wasn't me. It wasn't me and I cannot prove that. And it's so, much other, so many other things I cannot prove that's going on in the spirit and the lord told me this will happen everything's happening out like everything's happening and the lord excuse me the lord told me that this would be happening and so i'm wondering am i allowing this to happen to me because even though i know i'm not this is not this is all Excuse me. This is th- this part Jesus is in control of. This part Jesus has control of. I have no control over this. I cannot control the situation. And so I know that I'm not allowing it because I'm praying constantly. And as long as I'm praying constantly, how am I allowing anything? I'm doing all that I can. But um, I also see that, you know, maybe this is 
I, I remember in the beginning of the situation, I was told to run away. I was told to run away from this situation and these family members that are causing me all of this, you know, trouble and pain. But I realized that, you know, I need to do what the Lord sent me to do as painful as it is. And that's why I said I feel like the Lord was sitting me down. So that's why I questioned whether I was allowing this or not. But even so, if I were to die right now and go to heaven, I wouldn't want this situation to continue. I wouldn't want this to be how I lived in heaven. If I wound up in heaven right now, would I want to have to deal with the same family members who are doing the same thing and treating me this way? Like, would I want my lifestyle to be reflective of this like that means that maybe I should leave maybe I should leave go find other people to be around people who are deserving of my nature my my naturally just generous nature and just loving nature maybe I should go find more people like that who are reflective of that because it doesn't make sense for me to sit around uh, accepting this kind of treatment when I don't want my heaven to be like that if I die right now and go to heaven and I'm still getting treated like this, I'll be getting treated like that for eternity. That's No, I deserve better. But also at the same time, you couldn't get me to believe that. You couldn't get me to believe that God knows that I don't want to be treated in that manner. That, I, that God knows that I don't want to live better. I don't want to be better. And I don't want a better life. And I don't want anybody to treat me like this for eternity. So God wouldn't allow that to happen. Out of his love for me, he wouldn't allow me to suffer hate for eternity. So, I answered my own question, but also at the same time just wondered, like, how true is that statement? And I remember when I read it, Jesus said, it's what it said. He said, it's true, it's what it said. How you, um, how you live here on earth is how you will live in heaven. What you allow here is what will be allowed in heaven. It's true, it's what it said. And so... That was also, I feel like, a confirmation for that statement where, you know, just like Eli, I believe it was Eli because he cried like a father. But the horses were named, and the horses were named Hophni and Phineas. I felt responsible for them. So who to feel responsible? But they're horses, though, so it's like a parable. But um, I don't know. I think it was it was me. But I'm thinking, like, maybe I'm Eli, but I don't know. Maybe that's jumping too far ahead. That could be the devil lying to me. But either way, I feel responsible. Well, I am responsible for these horses. They're my horses. You know, that maybe I'm jumping a gun by saying that that was a reflection or a preview of what it's like to die and go to heaven. But at the same, at the same time, they did not die. They were okay. But... I just, I'm trying to compare it. I'm trying to figure out what this dream meant, what this vision meant. And that's the only thing I can really find so far until I finish brainstorming. But all I, all I know for a fact, because that's just an observation. For a fact, what I know is that I was just so devastated to have possibly lost them. And I was so relieved when they were okay. And I know that Hafni was a sh- a short, white-haired pony. Beautiful. I loved him. So beautiful. So, so, so beautiful. Ma. And I loved him so very much. And Phineas was a big brown stallion. And I loved him so, 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 so much. 
and he was just full of love even though he wasn't as understanding of how worried and how um aware you know he wasn't as aware as Hafnai. Hafnai was very aware. He was intelligent. It's almost as if he was like an extension of me. And he was so smart. I could trust him and depend on him. He was so responsible. And I just felt like, you know, Phineas wasn't as aware, but he was just like so loving. He was aware that I loved him. And he was, you know, he j- he loved me just as much. So, um, I guess, you know, I just felt like, what what does this mean? Because I can't say that, you know. It was a vision of them dying and going to heaven because they did not die. But maybe that's the answer to that question. What is it like when you die and go to heaven? Well, it feels like you really did lose them or you could have lost them. But you wake up and everything's all right. That's how it feels. Maybe that's the answer. Or, you know, it was just, uh, maybe it was just an answer to what it feels like to lose a son or think you lost a son. That's how it feels. And whether you have children or not, you can understand that. Also, wow. This is, thank you, Holy Spirit. This just was brought to my attention. So, I wondered, you know, if I could ask Jesus. Now, I know I can ask Jesus anything. But I wonder how Jesus would provide the answer. Not how he would provide the answer. I don't doubt his answers. He's perfect. Just, I remember questioning. I said, Jesus didn't doesn't have didn't have children. But it wasn't I didn't feel like he was lacking of any type of knowledge because he didn't have children. But I just wondered what that meant, but I also knew I not I wonder what that meant. I also knew that Jesus I said this is I think I I think I questioned this before. And Jesus is like I do have children. I have millions of children. I have billions of children. And what are his children? We're all Jesus' children. So it's like, he knows what it's like to have kids. Yes, he does. Just because he didn't have direct descendants of him. He does know. He does have direct descendants of him, though, as well. But <laughs> he does know what it's like to have kids. And I say he has direct descendants. I don't want to feed into any of these, like, twisted type um, stories where people say, Jesus had kids and a wife. And it's like, no, he didn't. What's in the Bible is the facts. That's what happened. All that other stuff, it's like those strange new teachings Jesus said not to be enticed by. But um, I just wondered, like, I guess I wondered when I questioned him having children. I wasn't questioning Jesus. I just was like, hmm, Jesus never had kids. And... He never conceived kids, what I'm saying. And I just wonder, like, but also Jesus has done everything through us. So I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. 
But I also remember thinking, it's a double standard. If a woman doesn't have kids, I don't want to feed into the devil, though. You know, but it's a double standard. If a woman doesn't have kids, they're like, oh, she don't have no kids. But Jesus never had kids. Nobody ever questions that. Um, But, you know, I'm sure Jesus, I don't feel like Jesus would have any problem with me using that as an example. Because he says don't judge anybody. And only he's the one who can judge and he doesn't. So, I'm going to use that now. If you wanna if anybody wonders about like no kids, I'm like, well Jesus didn't have kids. You don't ever question Jesus. So, um I just feel like that. Maybe it was about that. Because I wonder like <laughs> you know, can not is Jesus the right person to ask. He's always the right person to ask, but the I just I was just wondering like how David felt when he lost Absalom. Of course, it's how Jesus feels when he loses any of us. But, um, Jesus never had kids. And he knows, but I don't. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like. So I guess I just wondered how he would bring me to that understanding because I knew that he would. And he just did with his vision. That's how it feels. Like if you have a horse so intelligent and so helpful, just takes a load off your back, so smart, so much more than what he ever should be. And he just, you think you lost them and you don't. That's what it's like. That's what it's like. It was, I was so relieved to not have lost them, but so devastated to have possibly lost them. And so in love just so 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 in love that's what it is and i love how jesus teaches me different meanings of love where you don't have to actually you know you can refer it romantically but romantic is a different even the romantic love jesus teaches is a different kind of love that's here on earth it's so pure innocent undefiled it's just absolutely pure absolutely innocent absolutely undefiled and absolutely perfect the love that jesus teaches me i love it it's just amazing because people defile love here like they just defile it they mix it they twist it and you can't even say like if i was to go say yes my relationship with you somebody would say relationship i didn't know he was in a relationship everything is a relationship everything like i have a relationship with habits i have a relationship with the mail i get there's a relationship with each and every person i've ever known in my life that was a relationship and then if you say that they say what ill that's where you have that's like saying you have a relationship with your mom or a relationship with your dad or a relationship with your brother or sister it's like i do it's a relationship what why does people twist and only have one understanding for certain words that have many different understandings why do people do that like that is so limiting and it's unfortunate and it's unfair i feel like to me because like i want to have that big understanding that the lord wants me to have on everything and I don't like people limiting it. But at the same time, it's whatever. You do what you do with your life. But, um, you know, everything is a relationship. But if you go and say, yes, my relationship, people are like, ill. And it's like, or they, like, I've had somebody say, this is not a relationship. And I was like, 
Um, yes, it is. But I don't even want to explain that to you because I see that you're taking it the wrong way. And I don't want you to think that I'm forcing anything on you. But it is already in a relationship. It's already a relationship. It was a relationship the moment we even spoke. It was a relationship before that. Like you have a relationship with your neighbor. You have a relationship with anybody in this world. It's a relationship. Like, what? Like, I just thought that was so stupid. I thought to myself, different people have different understandings. And I was just like, I don't know. It's unfortunate to limit that word. I don't want to limit it. Like, everything is a relationship. Just like you can't limit. People put too many limits on things. Like, you can't say, people say, you love this person. You're not in love with this person. Like, but I am in love with this person. And it's not in love in a way that you think. Stop thinking you only can define what this word means or only your understanding of it is what, what it means. The Lord taught me a different type of love. I'm in love with the Lord. I'm in love with knowledge. I'm in love with a lot of different things. In love doesn't mean only what you think it means. I can say I'm in love with this. And I don't mean sexually. I don't mean and I do mean romantically, but when I say romantically, I don't even mean into like how you mean it. Like romance doesn't always have to do with sex. Romance doesn't always have to do with, you know, actually touching someone's body. <laughs> romance doesn't have have to have anything to do with bodies at all. It's romance. Like these these words have many different meanings, and God teaches me the pure undefiled very different various meanings of these words and I, I hate how people how people limit these words because of their own defiled minds your mind is defiled to think that anytime somebody says they're in love they're talking about a partner and even i can't even say partner because partner has many different meanings anytime somebody says they are romantically in love with someone you automatically assume it's a marriage like situation but you can be romantically in love with your child and it's not weird your defiled mind automatically associates that with sex and it's like it has nothing to do with that and i love how jesus teaches me because he shows me that you don't have to stress about these simple words these words mean what they mean and you said what you said and you meant it and you did not mean it the way that they're saying it so also he's teaching me to know as long as i know what i said and know what i meant it's cool but also at the same time it's not just about that it's about if i try and explain this to someone else that they're understanding what i mean just like you brought me to this understanding i want them to have be brought to this understanding as well it's unfair for you not to be able to use these terms. It's unfair for you not to be able to know what these terms mean. And it's not, it's unfair for you to only have certain... You're limiting yourself. And I, I find that it's like chains. It's really like chains when you can't... I know it's just vocabulary. It's not... Well, honestly, that's what I thought. It's just vocabulary. But it's so much more than that. Because I thought, you know... It just doesn't make sense, you know. I mean, it just it 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 just ultimately makes sense for you to. I mean, I noticed. Uh, excuse me, I'm getting twisted over my words now. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. But I've just noticed that it's it takes like it genuinely takes 
the stress off of it it takes the stress off of these words growing up i just remember knowing that i what i meant when i said it but knowing how other people could perceive it and even when i said to myself you know what it doesn't matter i'll take the chance on them perceiving it that way then later on guess what they perceived it that way and they don't come to you and tell you they perceived it that way no they go and tell everybody else so you do have to be careful with these words. And I know that that's just the devil working. Trying to keep me from being free. Because I feel chained. It's weird growing up. Like when I first was getting into vocabulary and learning how how important it was. When the Lord was teaching me this. I remember feeling chained. Because I wanted these words to be as free as the Lord is teaching me to be them to be. And when I started to try and use them around certain people or other people. They weren't as free. So I can't use these words with them. I have to be careful. I have to use it in, in the ways that they use them. And I feel chained for that reason. Because unless I say to myself, I don't care how they take it or how they run off with it. Because they will run off with it. But um, now it's like, I can't say I don't care. I just say that I pray for their understanding. I pray that they be brought to the understanding I was brought to. Because it was just so, it was so, so, so devastating. I remember just spending a whole, I had a whole phase where I was so devastated. Well, how words were mis, were twisted. How words can be twisted because of the way people think and people's defiled minds. I can't be as free with my language. I can't be as free with my vocabulary. I can't be as free. I can't tell you exactly what I meant, how I meant it, because you only have one meaning for this word. You have, you only have one understanding of this word. And when I use it with you, you automatically associate it with that, no matter what context. I can even use the perfect context around in the word, but you will just take it as that way. Because you're chained. And I feel chained too because I can't talk to you and as free as I would be able to. Now, that being said, other people, I can. And I find that freeing. But the, do that mean I just stop talking to you? <laughs> so I just stop talking to you now because you don't have that understanding? So, yes, I do still feel chained. And it's amazing how... I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Usually, I felt the most chained around my family members with certain words. And and I'm not going to lie. Obviously, it does have something to do with the way we were raised. But at the same time, regardless of how we were raised, I have this understanding. So, can you be brought this, to this understanding? I believe in you. I believe that you can be brought to this understanding. And I want you to be brought to this understanding without you feeling like I'm belittling you or berating you or um what is that word i'm looking for or just condescending you being condescending to you i'm not being condescending i don't feel like i'm better than you i just want you to be as free as i am in these words i want you to see the importance in them but i never could you know i don't say i, I won't say i never could but it's just like i guess i gave up on trying as hard if I was to bring wanted to bring somebody to this understanding, I would I would have to make it look like an accident. Like they did it on their own. I can't do it. I can't I can't help them that blatantly because then they'll be mad at me. What you think you better than me? Why are you always using big words? Like 
literally <laughs> i have went through that you talk like a white girl i have went through that because people don't want to be brought to a better understanding they fight you on an understanding you have i've gone through that my entire life i'm still going through that and i can't believe i am i'm like we grown now like you really gonna say um and I'm not, I don't always use the best, the best language. Like, honestly, I could, my language could be better. I want my vocabulary to be better. I want to be talking like, you know, I actually want to be talking like these scientists. They be using the biggest words. Like, sometimes you just have to go through and, and, and look up every single word in a whole sentence. They just formed. That's how I want to be able to talk. But it's like I'm being held back in a way. I don't want to say that. I can't say that I'm being held back in a way because I never would allow that. But like they want they want to hold me back it's a it's a dire need to hold me back because i can't ever catch up to that and i have to hold you back because maybe if i hold you back as much as i can one day i'll be able to but um i don't want to sound like i'm just better than anybody but it's like it's so reflective of how you treat me when i'm trying to be better and um I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just know that I've been dealing with this. And every single time I bring it up is No, that's not true. Actually, um it's really you, not us. And it's like, do you know how that feels to be the scapegoat? And I'm just finding out what scapegoat actually originates. So scapegoat originates um, from the Bible. Everything originates from the Bible, but people still deny God. That's amazing to me. But um, scapegoat originates from the Bible. And it's about, it was about when, Jesus, when the Lord gave um, his commandments on how we were supposed to cleanse ourselves of our sin. Um, in Leviticus and pretty much we would you know kill one goat as a sacrifice for our sins and the other goat would be sent out into the wilderness uh, as a to atone for them and so when the goat was sent out into the wilderness they would call it the scapegoat because that goat was sent out into the wilderness to atone for our sins. So we blame everything on a goat. Not It's not blaming everything on a goat. But we're putting all the weight and all of the responsibility and all. And we're cleansing ourselves of it. So we're, we're giving, we're putting that on the goat and then sending the goat off. As and So it's called a scapegoat. So that's where the term comes from. So I'm finding that I've been the scapegoat of my family all my life. Where it's like if I speak up about something... Even though this doesn't have necessarily have anything to do with speaking up. But I notice that it's usually associated. But when I speak up about something, everything is blamed on me. If I'm honest about something, if, I'm, if I want to be honest about something to myself or with myself, if I don't go along with it, if I don't fall in line, if I don't feel like I just have to... I have to do this in order to be left alone. I, if I say no, I don't have to do this. I can stand out. I don't have to do everything y'all do. I don't have to be a follower. I can be a leader. If I do that, then they're like, no, you're not leading anybody. Actually, we're just going to blame it all on you. And so, like, I'm this scapegoat. 
I'm really the scapegoat. And I've been the scapegoat of my family and the black sheep of my family my entire life. And I want to say immediate family because I don't want to, you know, say that that's everybody. Like, I, th- I feel like I have different family members who are challenged, who challenge me in that way. Where they're not going to allow that to happen in their presence. Certain family members. But, um, overall, yeah. Overall, definitely that's true. I'm usually the scapegoat. And it took me a while to realize it, but it's it's really genuine, genuinely because of, um, I'm exceptional. I'm absolutely exceptional. And I know that. The Lord has been telling me that, but you probably won't hear that from the people who you want to hear it from. You probably won't, unless the people, the person you want to hear that from is God. That's, I've become okay with that. Not, well, I don't say I've become okay with that. I've always been okay with that, but, like, I've, oh, I'm okay with that being the only person I may, I may hear that from. I'm okay with that being the only person who will confirm that. That doesn't mean that it's not true. That just means that, you know, he's my biggest supporter. He has no reason to hate on me. Period. He don't have no reason to hate on me. But... You know, I noticed that people who don't know you will confirm that. People who haven't grown up with you will confirm that you're exceptional. But it's funny how if you decided to do everything that you do without a name on it, in anonymity. Say if you did everything that you do exceptionally to your family members in anonymity. They did not know it was you. They would recognize your work. They would be like, that is exceptionally done. I loved it. This is amazing. This person is brilliant. Then as soon as they found out it was you, they was like, oh, it was you? You did that? Oh, okay. Now, bring that same work to them or or a, a, the equivalent of that work to them in a, something they haven't seen before. Put your name on it. They would be like, uh, I don't know. I don't really like it that much. Or, uh, it could be better. Or, matter of fact, um, nah, I don't think you'd be able to make it with that. Nope. But if you, like, I I think somebody should try this. Somebody should try this. Like, I would try it, but I'm too busy. I'm really too busy doing what it is I'm doing to um even entertain that. But that would be funny. I just feel like that would be funny if you were to pretend as if it was a competition between two people, you and a stranger. But actually, you're the stranger. And you brought that work to some, you brought that work to each and every single family member. Brought it to them and see how they looked at it without your name on it. When they thought it was someone else that they did not know. It's amazing how you will find that people will be like, that's so exceptionally done. And it's so much better than yours. And think it was somebody else just to put you down. And it's family and people, your family would deny it, but you could confirm in that way. So to anybody who's listening you know, I encourage you to at least see that. I mean, if you want to know the truth. Otherwise, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter anyways. But you can see that for yourself, you know, just to make sure. That being said, I don't want to make it seem like every single person in my family has always been against me. And nobody's never been on my side. And everybody's all wrong. No, I never felt like that, you know, until lately. I'm not going to lie, until lately. But, um... Regardless of how I feel, it's proven true. It's proven true. And that's just the facts. 
Now, that being said, I also want to, you know, go ahead and remind anyone maybe listening that at one point, I mean, well, actually, I've, you know, I'm still, it's still, the, the jury's still out on that because, like I said, the Lord had to show me that my family was being controlled by Satan and operating in the wrong spirit in order to get me to find out who I was. In order to get me to walk in my purpose. But if you ask them, they would say they're just being themselves. So which one is it? Are they operating in a wrong spirit and need to be saved from Satan? Or are they just being themselves? Because if I believe them right now and let them, that's who they'll be for the rest of their lives. But if I continue to fight and do what it is that's necessary, we'll only know once the Lord wins through me. So I guess we'll just have to see then because once everything is said and done and I've accomplished what it is that the Lord set me out to do, which he said I will accomplish no matter what it is someone else does, then we'll find out that that actually wasn't my family. There was spirits working through them and they were like the devil was using them to get to me, to keep me from my destiny. But excuse me. If. And this would have to have happened before already. If I had said, you know what? That is my family. And it's always going to be my family. And I just said, you know what? Either I'm going to blend right in with them. turn be, be just like them and suffer. Or I'm going to just leave them alone forever. Completely abandon them. And they can be like that. You know, then by then it would be them for the rest of eternity, right? I mean, for the rest of their lives. For the rest of our lives. Whatever you call it. Wouldn't it? But um. That's not going to happen. So I can't. I can't even. I can't confidently say that part. I can confidently say that answer. That that would be them for the rest of their lives. It's just not. Because. The Lord already showed me what's going to happen. And it's not that. It's as much as the devil wants that. That being said, what I mean by this is I've seen what's going on. I've seen what's going on in the spirit. I've seen that they're being used. And somebody on the outside would say, nobody sees this but you. And it's like, yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) That's what I said. Nobody sees it but me. And there's a reason why God brought me to this understanding. There's a reason why God why God opened my eyes. The reason why he unblinded me and showed me the truth. There's a reason. So I'm gonna take advantage of it. I'm gonna definitely um continue to allow him to use me, regardless of what's going on around me. And maybe it's my youth, but it's so upsetting to have this many different people misconstrued miseducated misinformed about my about my character and who I am and what I'm fighting for and and the things I want and my intentions or and even when they they're not misinformed they know exactly what my intentions are they would pretend to be because of jealousy because of just all around hatred or because of bitterness or misery 
And I'm finding that, you know, anytime I bring that to somebody older, they're like, what you mean? That's a good thing. That's a great thing. That's the best thing ever, girl. You just don't know how good you got it. It's some people out here who don't who go unnoticed. But you getting all this attention and you upset? Even though it's the wrong attention. It's like, you want the wrong attention? Like, I want any attention as long as it's on me. And I just don't get that. I don't get that. I don't know if I'll ever be like that. Not even when I'm older. But they say, trust me, you'll get older and miss these days. I just don't know.